are you one of those people who doesn't quite set boundaries the way you should or feels obligated or maybe that you're bothering people so you don't fully stand in authority make the impact you want or even create the life that using your voice would allow well today i'm going to start the birdie series we're going to talk about leadership standing in authority and what it takes to vocally represent in such a way that makes people listen. I think you're going to like this episode, and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. In fact, I've got a great series I'm going to be running. These episodes may be a little bit shorter than what I've done in the past, but I've got a series that I'm going to be sharing with you called The Birdie Series, and it starts today. Very quickly, I want to let you know I've got several things coming up. I've got a new webinar training coming up. I've got quite a few really cool things happening, so I want to make sure that you stay abreast of what's going on. If you have not signed up to be on my email list, I would love for you to go over to CaptivateTheRoom.com right now or click the link in the show notes and make sure you're on the list so I can keep in touch with you and keep you in the know of everything that's coming up as we head into Q4 and wrap up this year. You know, I'm going to be talking about something for a long time before I dive into the Birdie series here. And that is something that Warren Buffett has just recently come out and said, which is he would put his money behind the way to increase your revenue 10 to 50%, 10 to 50% in your lifetime is to work on your voice and communication. And I agree with that, obviously, but the only thing I would take out is not in a lifetime. I've seen people increase their revenue by 50% in a launch, in a couple of months, in less than a year. In fact, there's a group of young people I'm working with right now. One of them just got a massive, massive, massive six-figure deal. And I truly believe this work played a part in the success, in his success. Now, I can never 100% say to you, it was all voice, but I can 100% say to you, voice played a huge part in it. And to have Warren Buffett come out and say that, wow. So you're going to hear me talk about that again and again. But what I want to talk about today and in this series is a little bit more, it's going to be around voice masks. It is going to be around voice, but it's going to also play into communication, how people have communicated with me 
how we communicate with other people, and really and truly the things that my new dog, Birdie, has taught me about voice and communication. And it's been absolutely extraordinary to watch this play out. So let me just tee this up with Birdie and who she is. And then I'm going to dive into the first lesson, which is about leadership and especially leadership for people pleasers. So I, you know, I don't talk about myself a lot. I, not for any other reason, but I feel like you're here because you want to learn. But in January, my beloved, beloved, beloved Spaniel Kirby passed away and it literally crushed us. And I was, of course, like any dog lover, never going to get another dog again, ever. And six months went by. And if you're a dog person, you know what that's like. You have to have a dog. If you're a dog person, you have to have a dog. And even if you're not a dog person, I want you to stay with me today because there's a really valuable, these are going to be really valuable lessons in leadership. And the people that I've shared these with, my clients that I've shared these lessons with, have loved them. So time goes by and I wasn't going to get another dog and I ended up getting a dog. I ended up getting a dog named Birdie and she was a puppy and she is a working dog, field bred, hunt dog, working dog, sport dog. And I've had this breed before and she's wild. She's absolutely showed up at the door wild. I've never had a dog that requires this much energy, focus, training. I mean, I literally was blindsided by this dog because I've never had, I've had dogs my whole life. I've had spaniels my whole life. And I've never, never had a dog like this. And I really didn't know how to manage her, how to handle her, how to help her. And so I started going through trainers and hiring people to help me. And that that's a whole lesson in and of itself is how are you serving your clients? And the first trainer that I hired, it was an online thing. And all that they did was tell me stories about their dog and how to clean up dog pee. Well, that didn't help me with my wild child. So then I hired another trainer who came to the house and and his training style was he came just one time and taught you everything you needed to know. And if you did what he told you to do, you would never have any problems. So I had him come and I, I did what he told me to do. And within days, I had created a bigger problem with my dog, Birdie. She started demand biting me. And so I messaged him and I said, hey, this is what's happening. What he was having me do was walk in circles to t- basically to establish who the leader was. And for those of you that are dog people, some of what I say you're going to not like, some of what I say you're going to be fine with. I don't want you to take any of this out of context. This was certainly my experience. So he said, okay, change it up like this. And it still didn't work. It actually created more problems for me. So that was really frustrating. So I thought, okay, I think what I need to do is is have maybe a long-term, not just a one and done kind of thing. 
which is interesting because a lot of times people think about voice work like a one and done. And really it is layers and layers and layers. It's a process. It's hands-on. It's certainly the way I do it. So I got another trainer and this was actually somebody I knew. And well, actually she came first. I'm getting the story out of order. She came first and she came, she She wouldn't text back. She wouldn't text back. She wouldn't text back. There's a lesson right there. I was sitting there ready to give her money, sitting there holding money to give her, and she wouldn't get back to me. And when she finally did come, the way she handled the dog, I knew wasn't going to work. And then she was going out of town and was going to send me some documentation and was going to contact me as soon as she got back in 10 days. No documentation, no follow-up. Money on the table, left it, walked away. I was ready to pay her. So then I decided, okay, I think what I need, because by this time, things are really, really getting out of control. And I'm really desperate for help. I'm really desperate to know how to lead this dog, which is so funny, right? I mean, I I work with some of the greatest, most successful leaders in the world And a seven-pound dog has got me twisted into knots. So I thought, okay, what I need to do is a board and train. So I, I hired a woman that was very, very successful in a certain type of competition, working with a certain breed of dog. And I'm going to do expansion stories on all of these things. I just want to touch on the backstory for you. And this really is going to be about voice, I promise, and communication. So I sent Bertie to the board and train. And after five days, the woman called me and basically said, which was a couple of days early, where can you meet me to get her? And she really is too young to learn. And that's going to be a great episode when I talk about that. I picked her up and I had spent all this money and Bertie had been there for a week and she came through the door and terrorized us and destroyed the house and all the problems that we had been dealing with. So my frustration level was was getting pretty high, I'll be honest. And I didn't really know what to do, but I knew that the clock was ticking and I knew that I needed to get somebody to help me. So I started watching YouTube videos and I watched videos, hours and hours of videos. And I stumbled across a man out of New Jersey who is the one certified protege of Cesar Milan. And I called them and I hired them. Now, you know, I'm down in Florida and this is all done via online. In fact, I, I, they never worked with Bertie. They worked with me. And it was very much about the psychology, what was going on in me to be able to lead Bertie. And that was a big boost for us. And I'm going to do a whole episode talking about what I what I learned. Well, this whole, actually, this is the episode where I'm going to talk about what I learned from him. But he, was, he wasn't local. And I felt like, okay, I need somebody to come over here and teach me and show me, work with Bertie, work with me. And so I very, very soon before I left Sarasota, I left four days before the hurricane, Ian hit. I hired a trainer that was amazing. And I'm going to do a whole episode about her 
going to do episodes about voice and communication about each one of these trainers. I'm just setting up the story for you today. And then I'm going to talk about the lesson I learned from the Cesar Milan protege. This last trainer was excellent, and, and I just had very limited time with her. But the, the Cesar Milan trainer was in, incredible because they work from the perspective of what is going on inside the owner, what is going on inside the dog, which, as you know, psychology of the voice is very much about, okay, we have an external voice habit but what is going on inside? Whatever's going on inside is calling the shots. And the same thing is true of voice. Whatever is going on inside, I mean, the same thing is true as for dogs. So it, with voice, we've got inside, I'm thinking I'm bothering you, or I'm thinking I got to keep you happy, or I'm thinking you don't like me or whatever. And there's voice habits that are the external piece. We never know what's going on inside. We only hear your voice. Wait until you hear the episode about the Petco woman. So they had me send some videos. And one of the biggest problems that I was having with Birdie was she was jumping and biting. And not in a not aggressive biting, but play biting and even demand biting something that she had learned from what the first trainer taught me. And so I sent them some videos showing what I was doing. And they reviewed the videos and he said, okay, look right there. Look at what you're doing. You're backing away. You're giving her all the power. You're stepping back. And so what you're doing psychologically is this, this, and this. And I, hadn't even, I mean, I really hadn't even thought about it. He said, you have to, and, and again, you know, I don't want to get 80 emails about, okay, that's the wrong approach. I'm just sharing this with you because it's a, there's a voice lesson in it. He said, you have to step in. And I said, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> you know, she's like 10 pounds. And he said, but you have to step in. You have to take the lead. And I stepped in. And stop the behavior. Literally just about that fast. I was using the wrong technique. I was taking the wrong approach. I was letting what was going on internally call the shot on the external behavior, just like in psychology of the voice. So this is, this is the direction I'm, I want to go with this story is specifically around people-pleasing. I was not stepping into the dog because that didn't, that felt aggressive. That felt demanding. That felt all these things. Now, not touching the dog, not hurting the dog, but literally stepping in versus stepping back. And I realized this is so much like people-pleasing. That my people pleasers, which is a huge part of my client base, a huge part of my following, believe that they have to keep people happy, believe they have to do what others want to get what they want. And this is the fallacy that you believe you have to be something. You believe you have to 
talk a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to do a certain thing in order to keep people happy and that you have to keep people happy in order to get what you want, in order to be liked, in order for them to buy. All these things, you have to get it right. You have to keep the peace. And that is wrong thinking. Just like me stepping back instead of stepping in was wrong thinking. So I want you to, I want to spin this for you. I want to flip this for you, okay? Because what I was doing when I stepped in versus when I stepped back was I started commanding the space. I started saying, hold on a minute. You're in my space. You can't come in my space and jump on me. I want you to see the correlation between people-pleasing and keeping people happy and not using your voice and not saying what you want and, and not charging what you want and not owning your space vocally with the way I was stepping back versus stepping in. Not setting boundaries. I wasn't setting boundaries. I wasn't taking the reins. I was checking in on was was she happy? Was Birdie, the little dog, happy? So I sent another video. And I one of the other things that I was working on was when I took Birdie out for a walk, she would run all over the place. She would run, drag me all over the place. And he said to me, he said, why are you letting her do that? And I said, well, I feel bad that she doesn't have a yard because I lived in a condo building. I said, I feel bad that she doesn't have a yard. I've had several of these field spaniels and they were fine in condos. They, they all had jobs, which was different. Birdie didn't have a job yet. She has a job now. I said, I feel bad because she needs to run. So I let her lead me all over the place. And he said, okay, Here's a couple of things. And again, I want you to put this together with voice. He said, you have to take control of that lead because what you're doing is you're letting her run all over the place because you feel bad that she doesn't have a yard. So I want you to think about that from a voice perspective. You're feeling bad setting a boundary. You're feeling bad telling someone constructive criticism, you're feeling bad because of conflict, you're feeling bad because of whatever it is, really feeling this, filling the space, standing in authority, you're feeling bad about that. Who am I to do that? Imposter syndrome, whatever. I don't want him mad at me. And he said, let me tell you why you've got to take control of that lead. And you can't let her do that is because what you think is that she's needing to run all over the place and she's needing to run and she is. And we have to come up with the right technique for her to run all over the place. Yes, she does need to run, but they're different things. And see, that's like the right voice technique. Yeah, Bertie needed to run. She needed to burn that off just like you need a certain voice technique because you have certain stories in your head and certain voice habits that have been laid in. He said, but the minute you take control of that lead on a walk, 
Birdie in her mind is going to go, thank goodness mom's in control now. And I don't have to figure all this out. And it stopped me in my tracks in relation to Birdie, but especially in relation to the work that I do. Because I work with so many people pleasers who are letting their clients and their customers and their colleagues and and people drag them all over the place because they think they have to, because they think they owe it to them because they don't have a yard or they don't have this or they don't have that. And really, maybe that potential client, especially, or customer or colleague is waiting for you to take the reins, waiting for you to vocally stand in authority and set a boundary and give a price and take an action so that they can go, thank goodness I don't have to be in control anymore. I've got somebody who's taken the reins, who knows what they're doing. And now I can just walk along and I know I'm safe. I can just walk along and I know we're going to get where we need to go. I can just walk along and let mom do the work. There is no difference in that birdie story and what my people pleasers are doing vocally. You might be afraid to tell a client something. Maybe they're waiting for it. You might be afraid to tell a colleague something. Maybe they're looking to you to say it. Maybe they are sick of you keeping the peace and trying to keep them happy. Maybe they want you to stand in authority so that they can go, thank goodness, I don't have to do all the work anymore. And I believe that they are. I believe that they are. It's funny to me how in my own work, I can set a boundary and I can stand in authority and I can captivate the room and I can do all these things and I can teach people how to do it all day long. And then a little tiny puppy comes into my life and I learn the same things I teach in relation to how I can be the best dog mom. But I want you to see the correlation and I want you to start standing in authority. I want you to start holding the reins taking the lead and stop deciding, well, I feel bad because, or I should do this because you take the reins, you make a decision, you own it, you stand in authority. And what you fear, like me fearing, Bertie's not going to like me, Bertie's going to have a bad life, is completely wrong. What I learned after that was, how to let Birdie run that energy off without a yard in a great, safe, wonderful way so that when she walks with me, she's being led. I'm leading her and I'm being a good leader to her. I wasn't really being a good leader. Letting her run, even though I thought I was. What I discovered after I took authority After I taught Birdie to walk next to me, when I started being the leader I needed to be, when I started standing in a position of power, I'll say, but I don't want that taken out of context, when I started standing in the position of power, of authority, 
Birdie could learn. Birdie could listen. Birdie could become an amazing dog. And I could feel good about my leadership because now I was speaking in such a way, now I was acting in such a way that she could hear me, that she could listen, and that I could help her be the best dog possible. I want you to take that and I want you to think about that in relation to the people in your lives, colleagues, friends, wherever you struggle to really use your voice in a way that makes people listen. And I want you to start taking the lead. I want you to start putting and I'm trying to think about the analogy if I, if I was going to say putting Birdie right beside you rather than letting her run wild. How can you vocally do that in your own life? That's what I want you to start thinking about. And I want you to start doing things differently to make that happen. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with me again. It's always great to have you. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.